Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Un podcast para ti y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez. And we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! Claro que sí. All right. Hi, Luis. How are you? I'm doing well, Brenda. How are you doing? Good, good. I want to sh share with our listeners that we did a little bit of a change in our plan of what we were hoping to share with everyone in light of the attack on our community that we just faced uh, about a week ago today, actually. Yes. And as you, if you all know that if you've been following in the news, it's a tragic, uh, another tragic mass shooting that happened in Orlando. Um, and, um, we were planning, I mean, this is still going to be our pride episode. We did in fact, uh, have a conversation, Luis and I, uh, before the occurrence of Orlando, we had a, we took the time to learn Luis's coming out story and we're very happy to introduce that next. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we take a moment to also reflect on what has happened in the last week. Um, if, if anybody has been following the news, you know, so it was mass shooting, but what made this even, uh, Interest more not interesting. That's definitely not the word. But but also um, this this tragedy also shed a light on the the the, lay, the gay Latino community specifically. Yes, because if um, you later on in the show we'll also read the, the names of all the victims and you'll see that a great majority of them were Latino. They were all very young. Many Puerto Ricans, in fact. Um, anybody that's familiar with Orlando or, or Florida, you know that it's, it's a community that's very vibrant, very Latino, very Colum very um, uh, well. I have actually all kinds of yeah, Latino, all, but I say there's a Latinos, lot of Puerto yes. Ricans, a lot of Cubanos, a lot of uh, everything. Um, and uh, the other thing that's um, striking, I think, for our listeners and how it kind of connects to your the story that you're, we're all about to share with you, which is Luis's coming out story, is that I think um, because it was a, an attack on on gay individuals at a gay nightclub on a Latino night specifically, I think it also shed some light to um, how a gay club is a, a place where for many of the folks there, they could be 100% themselves. Yes. Um, many uh, folks in Latin American countries fight uh, a stigma with being gay as well as in American countries, because I, I think that this this tragedy also show, sh shines a light on homophobia. If you think about um, the American-raised um, attacker, who I think is uh, a product of homophobia from where he's from here in the United States, because there is homophobia here in the United States. Right. The victims are also... Um, F fighting homophobia because they're many of them come from Latin American countries. We know there's lots of machismo there and there's a stigma around it there. And um, this the person that attacked them also, maybe to a lesser degree, but was also Muslim. And we know that there's a lot of homophobia in that community. Certainly it's not syn synonymous, but I think that homophobia is a... Um, is a factor in this tragedy as well. Um, from what the things that we were hearing, learning about the person that the, the, the person that attacked these, these folks and also just, just being able to um, reflect as, uh, on this tragedy as more than just a mass shooting, but it's a, an attack on the gay community. So what are, what are some of your thoughts on what has occurred, Luis? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been a crazy week. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, uh, Obviously, it hits home because I am part of this community, and um, but but more so because the night that this happened, um, Fernando and I were actually at a gay Latino nightclub in Orange County. Just enjoying yourself, being and, free, uh, being free, and 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 what you just said is is very true. I mean, these are not just clubs that you know the, the way a heterosexual would see a club, right? You go to a club, you have a good time, and that's it. But these are uh, safe spaces for us. Mm -hmm. You know, these are spaces where we can be ourselves, where we won't feel judged or, mm -hmm. or, or, or looked upon or, you know, where, where nothing negative typically happens. You know, I mean, nothing negative this happens This is a there. safe space. Yeah, it's this a is safe the space. last place that you would think that this would happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, you know, Fernando and I were at a club on Saturday. Um, we've been wanting to go to this club forever because we live r really close to it. And it's a Latino gay club in Anaheim. Um, and so, believe it or not, um, I know this is going to sound a little 
dumb even. Um, but when we were at this club, I kind of had a thought in my head about, you know, I wonder if somebody like if somebody came here and shoot like what would what would we do like where where in this club is the or safest space exactly safe. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's 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 unfortunate to think about that but with all the shootings that have been going on you kind of you know, just think about it. It almost becomes like a norm, you know, like a normal thing for you to think about. Like if shit went down, yeah. Well, where do I, mean, I go? Not too long before this, there was a um, another shooting at UCLA, yeah. and um, apparently, the, you know, the, the, the campus was there was positive light. Or oh, great, all that active shooter training, as we can say, worked because only two people died here. But, that's but sad. to think to think that you need an active shooter training. At a university, at a, now you need one at a, when you go out to a club with your friends. I mean, it's just, um, it's just kind of a, a reflection on our society's um, failure to act on um, maybe gun on control, these gun control, and, and these other policies. Issues. Yeah, and mm-hmm. oh god, that brings up so many things, right? Um, so, so yeah. So to answer your question, I mean, you know, we woke up the next morning, and I happened to log on to my Facebook account, and then I started seeing, you know, shooting, 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 gay club, and you know, so on and so forth. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? Um, and so I started look, listening to the news, and that's when you know I kind of I, I woke up Fernando and I said, oh my god like check out what's going on and then as soon as the president spoke about this and then i read somewhere on facebook also it said um the uh, you know biggest mass shooting in u.s history i was just horrified i was, I was horrified I, I could not believe what was going on it was uh, you know one of those it, it took me back and and god um it took me back to 9-11 because when I woke up on 9-11, obviously we're like three hours behind because we're on the West Coast. But when I woke up, I woke up to an alarm saying it's an attack on, you know, the U.S. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I got up out of bed and I went over, turned on the TV. And sure enough, it wasn't a dream. I literally woke up to it's an attack on the U.S. Um and so it kind of took me back to that moment because it, I had just woken just up. unbelievable, right? <laughs> unbelievable. Something. Woken up and I woken up to this horrible, you know, news. Um, so uh, it, it's sad, but as a, 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 as a community, uh, as a LGBTQ community, um, I think that these are the moments that makes us stronger. And I think that there are a lot of safe spaces out there where, where, where our voices can be heard. I actually went, uh, Fernando and I went to a vigil on uh, that same day, Sunday, in uh, downtown Santa Ana. There was, this vigil was put together by um, the OC LGBT Center that is there. And actually, Bao was there. Our friend Bao was there. We'll have an update about that too shortly. And uh, and it was great to see all these community leaders. Uh, And I think that it's in times like this when you can really see who's there to support you and who's just there, you know, who just talks and doesn't, you know, show up. Um, So we were there, um, Fernando and I, and it was great to see, you know, the community uh, coming out in support. But I think that one of the things that the media is not mentioning it mentioning is that not only is this an attack on the LGBTQ community, but it's an attack on the Latino gay community because it was a Latino night, and uh, and I think it's important to 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 let people know about that because you know it's it's going. Uh, people are talking about this event without really mentioning this. And like you, you just said, I mean, we'll, we'll read a bunch of, um, you know, a lot, all of the names of the victims and, uh, and the majority of them are Latino, you know, I mean, as I'm watching the news now more and more, uh, we're finding out that, you know, four of them are, you know, from Mexico. Um, I was watching a report on the news of this lady who's like from Hidalgo, which is the state from where my, my grandparents are from. And this lady has nothing. I mean, she she's asking and pleading for help to get her son's body back to Mexico. Right. You know? Yeah, there's there's that factor to it. And I, I, I know that one of the 
very first needs that the community of Orlando requested was they needed help with translation. They needed help being yeah. able to communicate with the families. So yeah, it, it definitely is uh, an attack to the, on the Latino community, and um, and it's an important time to for Latino serving organizations that are first responders there to um, well, we, I think it just helps us uh, raise the value of those organizations and um, and and the need to be able to be able to respond immediately. So I, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a definitely a tragedy, of course. Um, I have, and like you, like you said, I think the Latin, the, the Latino gay community in particular, um, has really, um, been really resilient and, and doing what they do best, which is, you know, survive and, mm-hmm. um, support one another. And, and I know that as we're, we'll, we'll transition into your story, you you'll mention specifically how some of these organizations can make an important impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I just mentioned the OC LGBT Center in Orange County. They had a vigil. And then um, the De Colores Group, which is a Latino um, uh, LGBTQ organization in Orange County, they held another vigil along with La Familia, which is um, uh, moms of, you know, that have uh, LGBTQ uh, daughters and, and, and sons and whatnot. Um and, and 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 that was great. I think that, you know, again, the community is coming together and it's important to go to these spaces and really talk. The vigil that the, the Colores group had at, in Orange County um, was uh, very emotional because they actually allowed the community to speak. So everybody was going up there and just speaking their mind, speaking their mind and, and talking about how they felt and what this means to them and, and how this is affecting um, us, you know. And um, and I had an opportunity to go up there and talk. And um, it's it's great to see the community come together. And it's great to have these safe spaces. But, you know, also when I hear people, let's have a moment of silence. I feel like we've been silenced enough. Let's not have a moment of silence. You know, let's continue on. Don't, don't, at least this is what I feel. This is like my, my take on this. Um, well, what would you I like to see? I don't want to be silenced. Mm-hmm. So don't have a moment of silence for me. Um, I want to go on. You know, I've always said that if I, God forbid, pass away, like don't, don't, don't throw a funeral, throw a party for me. You know, because I want to be celebrated. And, and these I, people were celebrating. And, they, were exactly, out, they were being exactly. themselves. They were in a safe place. They were celebrating. So, yeah, I think that that's a good point. But in terms of policy and change, you know, what would you like to see? Definitely, you know, God, how is it that in this country it's easier for a minor to get a gun than to buy cigarettes or pornography? Yeah. So like, you, so you're. Um, are you seeing some? Um, well, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that um, for the for the first time ever, um, I'm starting to feel hopeful. I shouldn't. Say that is, this is me being cautious. For the first time ever, I'm starting to feel <laughs> hopeful that there may actually be some policy change um, in response to mass shootings. Uh, and I, and again, this is incredibly tragic that it took this long. Uh, but th- that's one of the things that I feel hopeful about is that I think, um, and I, I know we live in the age of internet and memes and I have seen mm-hmm. some memes that it's going to take the gays to finally get the gun. I've seen control. that too. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, and, when you know, despite all the tragedy, I really do hope that that's one of the outcomes is that we have some real policy change. I think also, um, it's, I, I'm, I'm excited or proud to see our community, our, our Latino community, our LGBTQ community, uh, raise the issue of like let's let's call people out and, and re- re- recognize that this is not just a mass. It is a mass shooting, but it's a mass shooting and an attack on Latinos and a mass shooting and an attack on on the gay community. And I've been. I'm happy to see folks call out other some political leaders that fail to mention that. They're like just well, people specifically um, calling out leaders that um, are out saying, you know, we're praying for this for to end mass shootings or we're, we're against mass shootings. But these are folks that that are supporting have, well, like, that, not, that are not only supporting gun, guns and access to guns, but worse is that they are folks that have um, made a political platform on on hating gays. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very telling that they won't mention how this is a, a this was a, 
an act of homophobia first and foremost. And um, so I'm pleased to see that there's some of us um, that are taking a stand and, and, and alerting that. And I've seen a lot of Latino-led media and other podcasters like us that have taken on this issue and raised this. Um, so I'm proud of that, and I'm, and I'm glad that we're, we're taking the time to to alert that and, and hope that our listeners will continue to to raise that and and that we keep very vigilant to the way the media shapes the story and the narrative. Right. Um, and so I hope that the spaces like this, that we... That, that, as little as they, as little and tiny that they are, you know, that, that we own, you know, that we can, we can help tell our, our perspective. So absolutely. Um, and I think I, I want to add one last thing to this because uh, you're right as, as um, more and more, um, uh, the, the media has, has learned more and more about the, the shooter. Right. Um, I think, uh, one of the things that I read was that he was a, 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 a usual patron at this club mm-hmm. and that he was living a double life. Right. Um, whether that's true or not, like we, we don't know. But the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, it took me uh, tw- 29 years to come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that happened was because I wasn't sure that my culture uh, w- would accept me being raised in a, you know, you know, Catholic and, um, you know, machista culture. Mm hmm. I, I was just thinking that I was going to be rejected by my family. And um, so I, too, was living a double life for Right, and for I think time. many of the people in that, many of the individuals involved in this, I, I think, can connect to that story. And, and there's so many spheres to that, right? You have mm-hmm. that fear within your family sphere, within your Latino culture sphere, but also the American culture yeah. is also homophobic. So it's, it's um, I think... It's important to to apply that lens as we look at this tragedy. We do, and 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 my, my message specifically is for those of you out there that are lucky enough to have children. Um, start them with an open mind, very young. Let them know that not everybody is going to believe in the same thing that they believe in home at home, and that the world out there is different, and that they shouldn't judge somebody because they are different from them. Or that because they look different. So I think that it starts there. Um, and, and again, for those of you who are lucky enough to have children, it's really important that you guys teach your children tolerance. Yeah. And um, uh, like I shared with you listeners that we actually had pre-recorded before the tra- tragedy, we had a conversation, Luis and I, about his story and coming out. Um, and I'm reminded as you'll listen shortly um, that in one way, that one thing that you learned um, in your experience was that part of the sadness or the fear that your mother had in learning about you is just because the world is a dangerous place. And this situation shows you how deadly it could be just to be yourself. Like that's, that's so I think, um, I, as, as a society, as American society, I hope that we reflect on that and that we, um, we make it so that the world is a better and safer place for our children and I think one way to do that is to get rid of homophobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to throw a chunk at anything in this sad episode, I would say, would be on to homophobia. Yes, I agree with you. And I will jump on that chunk lesson too. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, um, I'm glad we, we talked about that. Um, before we go into your story, which is a, a very important story, and then we're, we're really pleased to share that with all of you. And I just hope that all of you are, are finding comfort with community groups, um, ha- talking to your friends the way that, Les, Luis, you just shared some of the ways that you spent some time that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just want to give a quick update, too, on um, our friend our friend Bao, who yes. is gay, as we've mentioned before, mm-hmm. and is running for, he's already at the front of the very few um, openly gay mayors. Um, and if you, as you think about this tragedy, you know, it, it, we need voices like that in, uh, in leadership because they raise these issues. And I, I want to share that it was a little milagro because um, <laughs> uh, we've, we've posted about this a little bit, but, but um, Bowers, we've shared as running for Congress and he could, if he could be at an, he could be another voice in Congress for um, gun reform, for um, better tolerance and acceptance and love for our LGBTQ community. And he was very much the underdog. You know, this is going to yes. be a tough race. And here in California, the top two vote getters go on to the, to the actual election. So on election night, 
it was too close to call. Bao was uh, by a sliver of a percentage. Yes, I saw that. He Fernando was and I third were like, place. Okay, your nails. And and now that it's been about a week, he actually pulled ahead because every single lot. vote counts. Yes, he's ahead. He's now for sure, definitely going on to the to the um, general election. Um, and so it's just a, a little bit of a little rayito de, <laughs> de a little ray of hope um, in, in that election. So we'll uh, keep an eye out for that. And we hope that that could be another voice for, for us. Um, yes, in definitely. OK, well, um, now um, we'll go ahead and, and hear your story. So thank you. Luis, were you always out and proud? I have not always been out all my life. Um, I, I know when you came out to me, I was like, I already know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, a lot of people already knew. A lot of people were like, also like, yeah, just have ya, or, you know, whatever the case. Um, but officially, I guess I should say, I uh, basically just came out um, three and a half, four, four years ago now. Wow. And, uh, and so it wasn't easy, you know, I mean, I came out at 29 years old and I'm 33 now. And so it it was difficult. Uh, what do you, what were some of the things that made it, made you hold back? Um, a lot of different things from, uh, you know, my parents, my family, um, my job and, uh, which is kind of weird because I used to work in the entertainment industry and I feel like that's where most of like it would the be gays an are. It, it would be, be exactly. Place, yeah. Um, but, uh, I used to work in the entertainment industry and that was a little bit difficult. Um, also just, you know, not knowing if, if, you know, this was really who I was like, um, not knowing if this was really the path that I wanted to take and, and mainly because of the Latino culture in me. You know, because it's 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 something negative, right? I mean, yeah. you grew up in, in well, in, in, it's not literally negative, but I think a lot of a lot of young people growing up in Latino families would probably struggle with machismo and other of course other taboos about being gay. Yeah, and and you know, I I, I was very blessed to um, have a family that is super supportive, a hundred percent, and. Um, I think that before I came out, they were really supportive. They were all about, you know, um, I used to have, I, I had gay friends, right? And they would come to the house and my parents would always say, este, you know, if, if, if they have a significant other, they're more than welcome in this house. We, we, um, we support them and we're not going to see them any differently. And so for a lot of years, I had friends who would come to the house and they'd be who they were, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, a big part of me was kind of jealous of that because I felt like I, I want that. You mm-hmm. know, I want to have that like, you know, confianza and be able to just feel at home, at home, you yeah. know? Well, considering that your your friends were, your parents were so accepting, um, what was holding you back or what, what made you think that they wouldn't be accepting of you that you'd have to wait till you're 29? I think that going back to the, you know, the being gay, being perceived as something negative um, in the Latino community, because it's it's so machista. Um, I know that, you know, my parents are still going to love me regardless. Right. Um, But it's just feel that that feeling of you know, are they really going to accept it? You know, because I think that people can always say, oh, it's fine. Or why can't you guys accept you know, this person or that person or whatever, but you never know what that feeling is until you experience it in your own home. Right. So I think that for my parents, it was easy to say, I I can accept your friend because, you know, I don't live with them on a daily basis. They were still um, a distance from it. It's not in their family. Exactly. Exactly. So for that reason, I think that they were very open-minded. But once, you know, it happens to them in their family, it's completely different. So one of the biggest reasons why I came out um, late was because I had never found somebody who I wanted to introduce as my significant other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had friends 
and quote unquote um, friends that I would introduce to my family or my friends. And and uh, there were people that I may have dated at the time, but I just never felt the, you know, las ganas to present them as that significant other um, to anybody in my in my circle of friends or in my family. And so. Uh, funny story is um, my current partner, Fernando, mm-hmm. uh, I met him when I was at the lowest of my life. I had just gotten a DUI. I didn't have a job. I was the biggest I've ever been in my life. I was like 250 pounds. And um, so I had nothing. And um, we met through couch surfing. He mm-hmm. actually wasn't a couch surfer, but I was a couch surfer. Yeah, I remember you were doing a lot of that and yeah. Traveling. So I was doing a lot of couch surfing, and so this 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 one guy from Mexico was like, "Hey, can I stay over at your guys's place? I'm going to go to Santa Ana College." And we, my parents, live really close to Santa Ana College, so he stayed there. And so he was a part of the international student program mm-hmm. at Santa Ana College, and uh, out of a program of like 60, 70 students, um, there were only two that spoke Spanish, and one of them I was uh, we were hosting through couch surfing. Mm-hmm. He's uh, from Veracruz, Mexico. And uh, the other Latino was Fernando, who okay. was here from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And so um, we met through going out to an, uh, to a bar mm-hmm. and didn't think anything of Fernando. Didn't even find him attractive. And, no, <laughs> but he's so adorable. Um, he's going to kill me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, so we finally met and, you know, we hung out and we kind of hit it off mm-hmm. and it, things got serious. And, um, I remember the day that he asked me to be his, you know, partner, boyfriend, or mm-hmm. however you'd like to call it. Um, I said to him, you know, I just, I, I wish you would have met me when I was traveling, when I had work, when, you know, I, I had money to go to like dinners and, and travel and all this good stuff. And, and his response was, I'll never forget this. His response was, I think I met you at the right time. Because if I would have met you when you had money, when you had a job, when you were when we would have been able to eat at fancy places, maybe I would have thought you were, you know, a jackass. So I know who you are. There there's nothing for you to hide behind. And I like who I see. Oh, that's so sweet. And Aww. so yeah, matraca, matraca, so <laughs> And so from that moment on, it was just kind of like, holy shit, like this, this is this is actually something real, you know? I felt like this was something real, and um, and I felt like I wanted to introduce him as wow, so a significant other. So coming arriving to a beautiful relationship gave you the courage. Yeah, that gave me the courage um, to come out, and and I know that a lot of people are going to be like, well, you know the courage should have come within and, you know, yada, yada. But in my situation, that was my experience. Yeah. And every, you know? I mean, every experience is different, I'm sure. Yeah. Every experience is different. So when I came out, I came out in, in steps, I'd like to say in waves, right? I first came out to my sister who I love very, very much. Um, and I told her, Hey, um, you know, this is, this is going on. And Fernando is actually my partner. And she was like, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Get, you know, why do you think I would always ask you, does this look good on me or does, you know, um, so that was easy and that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the second person I came out to was um, my mom mm-hmm. and that was terrifying. Really? That Because there was no way like how do i know how to come out to my mom you know like there's no person you've known the longest yeah the person i've known the longest and so i remember very vividly we were sitting in her um on we were on her bed um we were watching a telenovela you know of course uh, of course (laughs) god what telenovela was it i don't even remember because i was so nervous and Mm -hmm. i wasn't even paying attention to this novela Uh um but i was like hey mom i have something to tell you and then she was like "Qué, qué pasó and uh, my mom and I have always had a really open relationship. We've always been really close and mm-hmm. and more so mother, son. We've always been like cool, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in junior high school, I would be like, hey, mom, I want to ditch. Can I ditch? And she would be like, yeah, go ahead. Just <laughs> let me know where you're going to be at and, you know, uh, communicate with me every so often so I know that you're fine. Like, <laughs> that's how cool we were, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Um, well, I, I'm pues, gay. And she looked at me and she was just like, you know, 
are what makes you say that? And I think that the reason why she asked that question was because I've had girlfriends in the past Mm -hmm. and uh, I was about to get married at one point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was about to get married. So, um, so I can see how she would kind of be like, I don't get it, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've seen you with girls and, Mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. So I was like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gay, you know? And, and she'd be like, well, desde cuando? And, and I didn't go into too much detail because I didn't want to overwhelm her with like, pues desde que, blah, 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 blah. So I was just like, look, I, I can't tell you when or when it started or how it started. And it wasn't anything you guys did. And it wasn't anything that I've experienced. I, you know, it wasn't any, any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I remember her uh, start to tear up. And so she basically said, you know, your grandfather, Kempas Descanse, um, would always mention this to me. He would always say, Margarita, algo pasa con Luis. Something's happening with Luis. Something's going on with Luis. Mm. And my mom would always be like, pero que, you know, what, what do you mean? He said, well, he doesn't have a girlfriend. You know, he's... He's 25 and he's not married. Obviously, you know, people Some get older married. older times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, older generation. It, it, definitely an older generation. And so he told my mom, I think he's gay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, no, no creo, because we have a really good relationship. And if he was, he would let me know. Um, but again, the, the I think that for me, the biggest thing that kept me from not coming out was the fact that I didn't know how people were going to react. You know, I didn't I, like my family. I didn't know if, if they were going to be OK with it, if they weren't. Um, so she was just definitely very shocked. And she's like, look, regardless, I still love you. I, I care a lot about you. Um, who else have you told? And I said, well, I've told Judith. And, um, you know, and she's like, do any of your friends know? And I said, not yet. And then she's like, do you want to come out to them? And I said, I would like to. I don't know that I want to do it right now. But I would like to eventually. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, um, do you think you're going to tell your dad? And I said, yeah, I have to tell him. Um, so she's like, OK, well, take your time. And, you know, I still love you. And so that felt really good because I know that now being out for four years and being a part of different organizations, I know that not everybody is as lucky as I am to have had that support group. Yeah, um, let's flash forward to now. Like, how are they now? Um, you know, they they... They are a lot better. Um, but, you know, the, the next person that I told was my brother and my brother took it really bad. He was just like, I can't believe it. I feel like it's my fault because I should have, you know, introduced you to some of my friends oh. and we should have gone out more and blah, blah, blah. So he didn't take it as good. Um, and then finally, I told my dad and it was a huge shock for him. Um, he basically said to me, I don't approve of that lifestyle. And then I said, well, what do you mean? You've been approving of like my friend's lifestyles, mm-hmm. f- lifestyle for so many years. And that's when I say, I think it's easy for people to say I'm in support and I support, you know, the LGBTQ community. Uh, but you don't know until somebody close to you either comes out or, or it, you know, it's, it's within your family basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, it took my dad, I think, about two years to finally be somewhat OK. Um, and so he would say things that I know he didn't mean to be offensive, mm-hmm. but that was his way, his only way of knowing how to communicate what he was feeling. Um, so I think that for people that are thinking about coming out, uh, it's very important to... Uh, go to support groups Mm -hmm. um, because not everybody is as lucky as, as I was with the support that I had from some of my family. Um, But it's, it's never easy. Definitely. It's never easy. Um, Just like you said earlier, I mean, you, you always knew, right? Yeah. But for me, I didn't think that people knew. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so you can't out someone. Of course. I and was. You, yeah. and, and you can't. Like, I mean, I, I think I had like I wasn't surprised is the better description. Yeah. So, you, you know, you just you, you have to let that person come out when they're ready. Yeah. Their time. Yeah, yeah, and, you and definitely time. can't out someone. That yeah. Um, 
So I, I, I definitely want to give out a huge shout out to De Colores in Santa Ana. Mm. They've been such an amazing support group for me. And I don't even remember how I bumped into them. Um, but I did. I was lucky enough to bump into them and start talking who, to a lot they? of them. They're an ad- they so advocacy group. They're an advocacy group for Latino, mm-hmm. um, you know, queer uh, Latinos in, in uh, Orange County. Mm-hmm. And so they do a lot of activist uh, work and they do a lot of uh, fundraiser activities. They do a drag, an annual drag show. Yes, I've been it's, to that. Let's yeah. give a, a shout out to the Colores. Yes. They're and so Matraca. great. Please, Matraca. Yeah, they, they, they are great. And so I met somebody there um, who has been super important to me. I love this guy. He's like a brother to me. His name is Steve Samarripa. Um, he's been amazing. And he actually invited me to a um, retreat in Los Angeles. And it was like a three-day retreat. I, was, I had not been in De Colores for a long time uh, when he invited me. But I guess he saw something that he was just like, this guy needs to go, mm-hmm. right? So this was this retreat was three days, okay? And so um, what happened in that retreat was, it was like people talking about what is it to be gay? What is it to be a Latino gay in the United States? And, uh, you know, a Latino queer of color and all these like important topics, mm-hmm. right? Which was all new to me. Yeah. I mean, even right now, um, a lot of like, the words and a lot of like the lingo, a lot of it is and still it's new. it's evolving. I mean, we're all learning. And it's always evolving. Yeah. yeah. Like on one of our shows, you had talked about um, the Selena meme and the, 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 the best throwing shade, right? Yes. And you were like, and you were like, that is like the best thing. And then I was thinking in my head, that's a word that the Latino, the Latino, the, the uh, gay community has used forever. Yeah. About throwing shade. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, so anyways, the lingo is different and whatnot. So anyway, so during this retreat, I was really um, quiet and I was just listening. And then at the end of this retreat, uh, they had asked us to gather around in a circle. OK, like like playing almost like uh, musical chairs. Uh-huh. But it was in a circle and the chairs were facing outward versus okay. facing inward. Oh, OK. So, so everybody you got their were back si- to each yeah, other. So everybody had their yeah, back to each okay. other. They turned off the lights and the guy was like, if I tap your shoulder get up as quietly as you possibly can and go into the middle of the circle. Oh, okay. And so I was there. I closed my eyes. I was participating and uh, I didn't get tapped. Right. But then the people that were in, in the circle, then he was like, I'm going to mention, I'm going to call out words. We've been here for three days and we've known, we've, we've known each other now for three days and we've, we, we've learned a lot about each other. So when I say a word, um, I want you to tap the person that this word reminds you of. Ah, okay. And in my head, I was listening to this and I was thinking in my head, okay, I'm just going to, you know, think in my head that nobody's going to tap my shoulder because I didn't really participate. Oh, okay. I didn't really share my story because I felt like my story was a piece of cake versus other people's story where they've gotten kicked really, out oh, yeah. of their home and, mm. you know, they were beaten, Which you know, we know and, is the reality for so many. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, my story is really not the story of the majority. I was very lucky. So they started calling out words like funny and, um, daring and inspirational and yada, yada, yada. Right. And finally they got to a word that uh, this always tears me up because they got to this word, the only word in Spanish, and and the only word in Spanish was chingón. Oh, which, by the way, you're wearing a hat that says chingón. I know. Uh, So the word was chingón. And my grandfather would always say, um, my my grandkids are unos chingones, right? That's <laughs> so sweet. And so every time I would go out and apply for a job, I would always tell my grandfather, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to go and apply for a job." And he was like, uh, "You're you're going to get it, right?" And then he, and 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 he would say, "Why?" And I would say, "Porque soy un chingón." Oh, you that's know? so sweet. So when um, they th- th- this guy yelled out this word, I just started crying. Wow. Because I felt like, oh, my God, nobody, nadie me va a tocar, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to tap my shoulder. And um, all of a sudden, I felt somebody tapping my shoulder. And they were caressing my, my head. Oh. Um, similar to how my grandfather would do wow. when he was alive. And so uh, 
to me, that was a sign of my grandfather saying, it's okay. You know, like he knew and uh, that, that it's okay. So um, that's so powerful. So it was a very powerful like permission yeah, to be yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was super crazy. And so, um, and that to me was like my grandfather saying, hey, you know what? It's fine. I know everything is going to be okay. Um, and then the other thing that I learned in that retreat is a mother, a mother told her story of her kid coming out. And this mom said, it's not that we don't accept you. It's just that we're afraid of the world. We're afraid of the world hurting you. We're afraid of the world not accepting you. So when in the Latino community, somebody comes out, your kid comes out to you. Our first reaction is no. Por qué? Por qué me pasó a mí? Right. Mm -hmm. And so this lady, her name is Lupita. She said, I then realized that the reason why I wasn't so accepting was because I didn't want my son to be hurt by the world because she felt that the rest of the world was going to say. It was more of a protective. Yeah, reaction. it was more about being protective. And so this lady I still see on a regular basis. And if I would have not heard her say that, I would have not understood my parents and you know, I would not have understand, uh, understood that it, that just like I needed to come out, it took me 29 years to come out. I didn't expect my parents to accept me and my partner the, ne the very next day. Right. It's a process. You know, because and, it's a process. Yeah. It's a process of like you coming out, your family coming out, your friends coming out with you. Um, and so this lady, Lupita, is part of an organization formed by the colores but it's its own subgroup it's called la familia mm. and so la familia um they gathered once a month and uh and it's basically parents and and the sons and and talking about i want to come out how should i come out it's, it's basically a support group mm -hmm. so for those of you out there that are thinking about coming out who haven't come out definitely look for a support group I think that that's one of the most important things because you don't know how to navigate this world if, you know, you haven't come out. Um, also, learn to try to um, accept that your parents may not like it or that they may reject you, not because they don't love you, because I feel like parents always love you regardless of who you turn out it to be. It comes from love. They're, whatever their reaction is. It comes from love, comes from and this love. is what I learned at this retreat, and from from this lady, and from from the <clears throat> to kind of highlight the importance of support groups, of advocacy groups, and things like that. They can give the parents the tools, and the and the I guess the child in this case, yeah, um, adult children, um, also the tools to cope with understanding where they're coming from as well. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think it's it's something that people don't really like to talk about, and I think especially in families, but. You know, as times change, I mean, we're, we're seeing more acceptance out in the world. Um, things do change. Things do get better, you know. And um, I think that, that, that for me, I think I came out when I needed to come out. And everything is so much better now because I can really truly be who I am, mm -hmm. you know, who I was meant to be from the very beginning. Well, I was always meant to be Chingon. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, even at work now. You know, it's it's so easy to say, yeah, my partner, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm gay. Even even you know, before they ask or, or whatever, you know, it's I feel like a big weight has come off, uh, you know, from my shoulders. And yeah. um, but I know that my coming out story is not as drastic or as as horrible as some you, of these you stories. Know your blessings but as well. I yeah. was very blessed and what can I say? I mean, not everybody has the same story and I wish more people's stories were like mine, where it was this easy, you know? Um but there are some stories out there that are just horrible and um I feel that people need to be more uh tolerant and, you know Do you think that this experience and now that it's you know three years in has made your parents, I mean, I think it's probably still a process, but are they getting to a space where they're also speaking up or, or 
learning to speak on behalf of the, the, the community? I don't think that they're there yet. Um, I think that they're still processing it. I mean, it wasn't until this year, March 16th. I will always remember this day because my dad used to not talk to my partner. Wow. Um, and they worked together. So uh, they did not talk other than work-related stuff, right? Um, so it wasn't until this year, March 16th, um, his birthday, that he was like, invite Fernando over to the party. But from when I came out to now, I never had Fernando with me for um, uh, holidays, wow. uh, family gatherings, uh, celebrations, nada. Because my dad wasn't... You know, ready, ready, for, it. ready for it. He yeah. wasn't ready for it. And again, if it weren't for this lady who made me see the parent side, I may not even be talking to my family because mm -hmm. I would have felt like you're excluding me and you're excluding my partner. Mm -hmm. So you're not accepting, you know, um, but he, he's he's better now. I mean, we have brunch. We have desayunos, cenas, either at their house or our house. So they're coming uh, around. And they're coming around. around. They're coming around, you know. And, and, and um, that's, for me, the best scenario. And, and again, I know that not everybody is as lucky as I am. And, um, but just know that if you're in this situation, that there are support groups. Uh, I would definitely recommend the Colores and um, also La Familia. La Familia is amazing, amazing, because they have amazing parents. And that's locally, locally in Santa Ana, but I'm sure there's yes. national groups as well that we there can There are national of. groups, yeah. There are national groups, but this is a local chapter. Y, y es solo en español. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with, with our listeners. I know that um, it's a heavy topic, and I know we like to be fun on the Tamarindo podcast show, but we also want to talk about some important issues that we think our community Absolutely. could benefit from. And your experience is not unique. Um, I mean, every experience is different, but I think there's many people out there that can identify with this story or, like you said, have had even more difficult struggles. Um, so I think it's important that you, that you took the time today to tell us about it. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, I need another michelada. <laughs> wow, that was uh, a lot difficult than I thought, <laughs> sharing my story. Yeah, but it was very powerful, and I'm, I'm really glad that you did, and especially um, in light of everything that's happened, it, it's really important to share that. So thank you for doing that again. Yeah, no, I mean, it felt liberating. And, um, you know, we want to close out our, our podcast with um, remembering all the victims of Orlando. And, uh, you know, I think it's really important to never forget these people and... Um, to always remember, you know, that, that this happened and it's an unfortunate, um, it's very unfortunate, but we need to remember. And, uh, for those of you guys that are listening to us right now, whether you're at your office or you're driving home, you're stuck in traffic or whatnot, as we read through these names, think of your loved ones because it really could have been anyone. Think of that special someone, think of your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your coworker, and, you know, take the time to say, I love you or that you care for them or even just something positive because you never know and your life can change in a matter of seconds. All right. So we're going to take a moment and, and read the names of those that lost their lives. Stanley Almodovar III, 23. Amanda Alvear 25. Oscar A. Aracena Montero, 26. Rodolfo Ayala Ayala, 33. Antonio Davon Brown, 29. Daryl Roman Burt II, 29. Angel L. Candelario Padro, 28. Juan Chavez Martinez, 25. Luis Daniel Conde, 39. Corey James Canal, 21. Kevin Eugene Crosby, 25. Dionca Diedra Drayton, 32. Simon Adrián Carrillo Fernández, 31. Leroy Valentín Fernández, 25. Mercedes Marisol Flores, 26. P. 
Peter O. Gonzalez Cruz, 22. Juan Ramón Guerrero, 22. Paul Terrell Henry, 41. Frank Hernández, 27. Miguel Ángel Honorato, 30. Javier Jorge Reyes, 40. Jason Benjamin Josafat, 19. Eddie Hamoldroy Justice, 30. Anthony Luis Laurenondista, 25. Christopher Andrew Leonen, 32. Alejandro Barrios Martinez, 21. Brenda Lee Marquez McCool, 49. Gilberto Ramón Silva Menéndez, 25. Kimberly Morris, 37. Akira Monet Marie, 18. Luis Omar Ocasio Capo, 20. Geraldo A. Ortiz Jiménez, 25. Eric Iván Ortiz Rivera, 36. Joel Rayón Paniagua, 32. Jean Carlos Méndez Pérez, 35. Enrique L. Ríos, 25. Jean C. Nives Rodríguez, 27. Javier Emanuel Serrano Rosado, 35. Christopher Joseph Sanfeliz, 24. Yilmari Rodríguez Solivan, 24. Edward Sotomayor Jr., 34. Shane Evan Tomlinson, 33. Martín Benítez Torres, 33. Jonathan Antonio Camuy Vega, 24. Juan P. Rivera Velázquez, 37. Luis Vielma, 22. Frankie Jimmy de Jesús Velázquez, 50. Luis Daniel Wilson León. Gerald Arthur Wright, 31. Thank you. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.